Joshua 7, verses 10 through 26. The Lord said to Joshua, Get up. Why have you fallen on your face? Israel has sinned. They have transgressed my covenant that I commanded them. They have taken some of the devoted things. They have stolen and lied and put them among their own belongings. Therefore, the people of Israel cannot stand before their enemies. They turn their backs before their enemies because they have become devoted for destruction. I will be with you no more unless you destroy the devoted things from among you. Get up. Consecrate the people and say, Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow, for thus the Lord God of Israel. There are devoted things in your midst, O Israel. You cannot stand before your enemies until you take away the devoted things from among you. In the morning, therefore, you shall be brought near by your tribes. And the tribe that the Lord takes by lot shall come near by clans. And the clan that the Lord takes shall come near by households. And the household that the Lord takes shall come near man by man. And he who is taken with the devoted things shall be burned with fire. He and all that he has, because he has transgressed the covenant of the Lord, and because he has done an outrageous thing in Israel. So Joshua rose early in the morning and brought Israel near tribe by tribe, and the tribe of Judah was taken. And he brought near the clans of Judah, and the clan of Zerahites was taken. And he brought near the clan of Zerahites, man by man, and Zebediah was taken. And he brought near his household, man by man, and Achan, the son of Carmi, son of Zabdi, son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, was taken. Then Joshua said to Achan, My son, give glory to the God of Israel and give praise to him. And tell me now you have done to do not hide it from me. And Achan answered Joshua, Truly I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and this is what I did. When I saw among the spoil a beautiful cloak from Shinar, and two hundred shekels of silver, and a bar of gold weighing fifty shekels, then I coveted them and took them. And see, they are hidden in the earth inside my tent with the silver underneath. So Joshua sent messengers, and they ran to the tent, and behold, it was hidden in his tent with the silver underneath. And they took them out of the tent and brought them to Joshua and to all the people of Israel. And they laid them down before the Lord. And Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zerah, and the silver and the cloak and the bar of gold, and his sons and daughters and his oxen and donkeys and sheep and his tent and all that he had. And they brought them up to the valley of Acre. And Joshua said, Why did you bring trouble on us? The Lord brings trouble on you today. And all Israel stoned him with stones. They burned them with fire and stoned them with stones. And they raised over him a great heap of stones that remains to this day. Then the Lord turned from his burning anger. Therefore, to this day, the name of the place is called the Valley of Acre. This is the word of the Lord. Well, we continue in this series this morning called Toxic. And this series is... uh a rather austere summer series that has been convicting for me as a pastor to prepare and I know challenging for you to listen to and to apply to our lives. The series is on sin and the nature of sin. And this morning we come to one of the most difficult passages, in my opinion, in all of scripture. 
It is a passage in scripture with the story and the detail of a a family who loses their lives. They are stoned to death and burned to death. And the question as to why God would ever call for that is a question that has troubled skeptics for years. How can a loving God uh, call uh, people, uh, his own people, to utterly destroy those around uh, them? The title of the sermon today is Cheating on God. Cheating on God. And we'll just answer two or three questions about cheating on God. How people cheat on God? What are the consequences of cheating on God? And... uh, How do you quit cheating on God if indeed you're here this morning and you are? Uh, You may recall the news last fall when that uh, website, which was very popular, Ashley Madison, a website people go to uh, to arrange affairs, to meet other people wanting to cheat on their husbands, wanting to cheat on their wives. This website was hacked into And when it was hacked into, all of a sudden, the names of the people who had made use of it were known and published for many to see. All who wanted to see could go see, and husbands discovered wives who were seeking someone besides him, and wives discovered husbands who were seeking someone besides her. It became uh, a moment of uh, great angst for many, many folks, some of them very well known. Uh, Why? Cheating is a serious thing, and this is how this passage is introduced. Verse 1 says, But the people of Israel broke faith in regard to the devoted things. That phrase, broke faith, is the phrase used to describe uh, literally a faithless woman to her husband. Israel, as the bride of God, broke faith with God, but very specifically in regard to devoted things, Israel cheated on God. So let's look at how people cheat on God. And in order to understand what uh, Joshua means by devoted things, I'm going to give you a super quick history lesson from the Old Testament. All right. So I'm going to invite you into my Old Testament classroom for just a moment and give you a super quick history, Old Testament history lesson. But prior to Joshua, Israel found themselves in Egypt. They were enslaved in Egypt for 400 years. God sends Moses, that great Red Sea rescue, and they go down and south into the Sinai Peninsula. There into the Sinai Peninsula, there as they are there, God in a great way comes down, meets with Moses, and when he does, gives him the Ten Commandments. He receives the Ten Commandments, and then they trek from there, and they go up to number 12, a town called Kadesh Barnea. Kadesh Barnea's significance in scripture is that is where a group of people convened, Israel did, and determined they would send 12 guys into 
Canaan or the promised land. Now, if you go just straight north of Kadesh Barnea, you see Ai, Gilgal, Jericho, Jerusalem. All of that is Canaan and north of it is Canaan. That is the land that God promised Abraham that he would give to him and all of his descendants. So they send the spies in. Ten come back with a bad report. Two come back with a, oh, we've got this good report. And who do the people believe? The ten or the two? They believe the ten, right? They believe the ten. And when they do, uh, God says, uh, if you're not going to trust me, uh, this is what I'm going to do. And we talk about the 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. Come back down to Ezion Geber and you look at that. All right, so from 11 up to 14, uh, up, to, uh, up to 16 is a two-week trek. Two weeks, 40 years it took. And during that 40-year wandering in the wilderness, this is what happened. For 40 years they wandered, and everybody over the age of 20 died. Imagine all the funerals that took place during that 40 years. Children burying their parents because they didn't trust in nor believe God. They died. Uh, death after death after death after death. And so after the 40 years, they get right there above the Dead Sea. It's time to cross the Jordan. Moses dies. Joshua and Caleb are the only two uh, who survived over the age of, of, four, of 20. And so Joshua is Moses' uh, uh, designee, God's designee to take the children of Israel across the Jordan River. God performs a miracle. The river opens. They go across and they fight the battle of what class say it loud what Jericho if you know anything about scripture right the battle of Jericho and the walls came tumbling down we've all sung that song I guess and the walls came tumbling down the most unconventional way to defeat a massive city like Jericho but God did it and so now, that's chapters 1 through 6 of Joshua. Chapter 7 brings us to Ai. Ai was a tiny town on the map, just a tiny town up there north of Gilgal. Uh, a battle is fought at Ai. 36 men die. This is not a massive fortified city, but 36 men die. And when those 36 men die, Joshua knows there's a problem. And he falls on his face before God uh, and, and says, God, why have you brought us here to die like this? And we come to this passage where God says, get up. Why? Israel had sinned in regard to the devoted things. Devoted things, what does that mean? Things devoted for destruction. Uh, this is where it gets tricky and difficult. In Deuteronomy, while they're wandering in the wilderness, God said, this is what's going to happen. When you draw near to a city, it's a long passage, but necessary. Uh, draw near to a city to fight against it. Offer terms of peace, and if it responds peaceably and it opens to you, then all the people who are found in it shall do forced labor for you and shall serve you. They'll uh, become slaves. 
But if it makes no peace with you, but makes war against you, then you shall besiege it. And when the Lord your God gives it into your hand, you shall put all its males to the sword. But the women and the little ones, the livestock, everything else in the city, all its spoil, you shall take as plunder. And you shall enjoy the spoil of your enemies, which the Lord your God has given you. Thus you shall do to all the cities that are very far from you, which are not cities of the nations here. But in the cities of these peoples that the Lord your God has given you for an inheritance, this is in Canaan. In Canaan, you shall save alive nothing that breathes. But you shall devote them for to complete destruction. The Hittites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites. As the Lord your God has commanded that they may not teach you to do according to all their abominable practices. That they have done for their gods. And so you sin against the Lord your God. Now, this is interesting. And again, a stumbling point. Why would God say to them, when you get into Canaan, it doesn't happen anywhere else in all of Scripture, utterly destroy them. The animals, mom, dad, son, daughter. Why? Uh, We're given one reason here. That... That they may not teach you to do according to all their abominable practices that they have done for their gods. Um, Not only did they worship their gods, but they wanted others to worship their gods. And and they would teach them. They would pull the Israelites out and say, hey, he's not the one true God. Let me tell you about who God really is. But the question is, what... Are there abominable practices? I won't read them for you. It is a graphic list and description. Leviticus 18, 6 through 23. I'll list them for you. Incest, adultery, child sacrifice, homosexual behavior, and sex with animals. That's the list. This is what the Perizzites, the Jebusites, the Hivites are doing. They're sacrificing their own children. They're killing their own children. There's incest. There is adultery. There is homosexual activity and sex between humans and animals. This is not the sermon for me to pause and to say that it could be said of the very nation in which we live, we kill our own children and celebrate deviant sexuality just like the Canaanites did. We do. We do. Millions of babies every single year die in what ought to be the protected womb of their mother. They die. And we celebrate in this nation sexual deviancy. Here, 
and only here, not now, but here and only here in Canaan are they told to destroy completely. All the stuff. So how did Achan sin? Um, The Lord said to Joshua, get up, verse 10 and 11. Why have you fallen on your face? Israel has sinned. They have transgressed my covenant that I commanded them. They have taken some of the devoted things. They have stolen and lied and put them among their own belongings. Notice all the words, sinned, is a general word for sin. Transgressed is an interesting word. It means to cross the line, taken, to steal, stolen, uh, uh, lied. They covered it up. They uh, they put them among their own things. They assimilated uh, the, the, these things into their own lives, into their own camp, right in their very tent. Um, just like when you cheat on your husband or cheat on your wife, it is never one sin. It's always a big ball of wax. When you cheat, you, uh, you physically cheat, but then you also lie to cover up your cheating. Uh, you will uh, uh, take somebody in that shouldn't be in and exclude people that shouldn't be excluded. You, this is what you do when you cheat. And when you cheat on God, it isn't just one sin. It's not like you, uh, you just one day mess up. This isn't what I'm talking about. There are folks here who have an overactive conscience. And right now you're thinking, oh my goodness, does this apply to me? Uh, because perhaps at the beach this past week, you, you caught a glance at a girl. And when you did, you're married and you thought I shouldn't look. And you kind of shook your head and you turned away. Is that cheating on your wife? No. But when you go the distance and you sin against her by uh, pursuing that girl or pursuing another woman who is not your wife, you're cheating. It, It involves a lot of sin, a lot of sins, plural. And that's what Achan did. He took it, he lied, he stole, he uh, covered it up. It was a big ball of wax. So what does it mean for you then to cheat on God or me? How how might you and I, how is it when we cheat on God? It's this, this sermon for some of you is a calling out. And God is pointing out something right now in your life. If you hear, you're good. If you don't, if you listen, you're good. But if you don't, you'll take one more step towards sin. And when you take one more step towards sin, maybe it's a friend or it's a song or uh, it's something on the radio. It's a podcast. And if you listen, you're good, right? You can turn. But if, if not, you'll take another step. And finally, you're here and then you're here. And there's a lot of sin in your wake. And do you know what happens? What once seemed right now feels wrong. And what once seemed wrong now feels so right. That's how it happens. Kevin DeYoung has a brilliant sermon on uh, the conscience. I borrow from it to give you the categories of conscience for you to test yourself as to where you are. The categories of conscience in Scripture, he talks about an evil conscience. That's a conscience of one who does not know Christ. Uh, Hebrews 10, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. 
If you know Christ, your conscience isn't evil. It can be influenced by evil, but it isn't. But you have an evil conscience. Everybody outside of Christ, your conscience is evil. There's no Holy Spirit in you checking your conscience. But when you come to Christ, all of us sin again, do we not? After coming to Christ, would that we wouldn't, but we do. And when we do, if that sin goes unchecked, we end up with a seared conscience. So Trent, along with the 80 some others, went to camp. You guys had an amazing time. I knew he'd be hungry and I knew the cafeteria food was cafeteria food. So what did I do? I have a charcoal grill, only charcoal. I have a chimney. I I heat my coals in it last night, knowing he's coming home. We want a good meal. Uh, We pat out the burgers. I take those burgers. I go. Are you guys having burgers today with James? They won't be near as good as mine. And so I go and I take those burgers and I put them on the grill. And when I do, uh, this is the way I grill burgers. I sear them on the bottom and then I turn them over, heat, crank the charcoal all the way up, sear them on the other side, crank the heat down, let them cook through. The sear keeps the juices inside. Never, ever press down a burger. That's a crime. And so the... Is anybody hungry? Uh, so the, the sear keeps the juices inside and it uh, also keeps uh, then uh, the, bur- the burger from burning from the outside. It keeps the fire out. When your conscience is seared, it keeps the truth out and it keeps sin in. Did you hear me? When your conscience is seared, it keeps the truth out and it keeps sin in. And then you, if you stay there long enough, you'll go from there to a defiled conscience. Titus 1, uh, to the pure, all things are pure, but to the defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. But both their minds and their consciences are defiled. They profess to know God, but deny Him by their works. They are detestable, disobedient, unfit for any good work. When you have a defiled, defiled conscience, you view evil as good and good as evil. Let me, do, let me just explain explain a uh, young lady 18 uh, has grown up went to camp loves the lord walks with god goes to college when she does first night uh, first weekend there second weekend there gets invited to a party she goes to the party enjoys it and finds wow she feels a little guilty but enjoys the party next weekend she goes again she drinks a little more but enjoys the party the next week she goes again and again and again and again It's second semester. She's partied all the first semester. Uh, She's met all her party friends now, enjoys her time with them, right? These are her friends. She parties with them. She enjoys that. It's a Friday night, second semester. She's sitting alone in her room. Nobody has called her. No one has invited her to a party. And as she sits there, she wonders, what's wrong with me? I'm a loser. There are no parties to go to tonight. I'm all alone in my room, just a loser. I, I don't even have a life. There's no party. And so she begins to seek to find the party to, to make her into somebody. Uh, because now in her mind, partying is the life. What once was very wrong is now very right. And what once was very right seems totally Lame. Why? Her conscience is defiled. Right is wrong. Wrong is right. 
It didn't happen the first weekend, did it? No, it took several. And then you can have a weak conscience, not going to deal with that. You can have a clear conscience. Titus uh, 3, 1 Timothy 1, that's what we all long for. Something happened to Achan's conscience and it affected, as Hannah talked about earlier, the conscience of his whole family. Interesting. Why? It affected a whole nation. Do you find it interesting here that, that God says Israel has sinned when it was just Achan? Huh. It was Achan. Israel has sinned. Why? We never sin in isolation. Every alcoholic has a mom or a dad whose hearts break. Or a son or a daughter. Every teenager who's addicted to drugs has a mom or a dad whose heart breaks over their son or daughter's addiction. Every workaholic has a husband or wife sitting at home at night wishing he or she had help with the kids. Sin always affects others. Your sin is never just yours. There is no such thing as isolated sin. Achan's sin cost 36 men their lives. 36 men. 36 wives lost their husbands. Do you get that? 36 wives lost their husbands. Among them, more than 100 children lost their daddies because of Achan's sin. What I'm saying to you this morning is that this sermon is a reminder and perhaps a stern warning for some of you as you sit here this morning and you've heard the message and you've taken another step and here's another message and you have a choice. Will you keep walking into sin or will you turn and run to Christ? Will you turn from your sin and turn from the sin that you are engrossed in? and turn to Christ. The consequences of cheating on God, therefore the people of Israel cannot stand before their enemies. They turn their backs before their enemies. They have become devoted for destruction. Look at this. Oh my. I will be with you no more, God says. Could you imagine hearing that from the Lord? I will be with you no more unless you destroy the devoted things from among you. Listen, when you cheat on God, you make God your enemy and Satan your ally. When you cheat on God, you make God your enemy and you make Satan your ally. You say, Jerry, how do you know? 1 Peter 5, 8. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And when you choose to go on in unchecked, unrepentant sin, you put a target on your back. And Satan's like, there's a lone ranger. I've got him. I've got her. God judges those who cheat on him. It is a harsh judgment. 
He who is taken with the devoted things shall be burned with fire, he and all that he has, because he has transgressed. That word transgressed means to cross the line. He has transgressed the covenant of the Lord and done an awful, horrible thing in Israel. This isn't your everyday sin. This is Achan saying, I'd rather be a Canaanite than an Israelite. I'd rather identify with the enemies of God than with God. Romans 1, 24 through 27 says what happens when we choose to walk on in this kind of cheating on God, breaking faith with God. Uh, God gave them up. It says it twice. I won't read all of the passage twice for God gave them up in the lust of their hearts to impurity. God gave them up. Why did he do that? Because every action has a consequence. I think I left it. I did. Let me grab this. I want to use this in my sermon this morning. Spoke to the soccer team at Montreat just this past semester. And uh, took a ball in there. As a matter of fact, uh, we ordered enough tiny little bouncy balls for every single one of you. So this would stick with you. But they got stuck at the post office. So here we go. We'll give them out next week. Sorry, guys. All right. So, action, consequence, action, consequence. The ball going down is your action. Comes back every time. Consequence. Every action has a consequence. Good action has a good consequence. Bad action has a consequence. There is no action that you will ever take that does not have a consequence. Every action does. Every single one. Every single thing you do in life has a consequence. Every single thing you do, every action has a consequence. Before the service, I was practicing with this. I was throwing it against the wall out in the lobby, right? As hard as I could. And it came back and nailed me in the face. Every action has a consequence, right? It's just how it works. That's life. The consequences here are dire. What does God do? So Joshua sent messengers. They ran to the tent. Behold, there was the treasure, just like Achan had said. And it was in tent with the silver underneath. And they took them out of the tent, all this treasure, silver, gold, and a robe, and brought it before and laid it before the Lord. This is so awful. Verses 24 and 25. And Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zerah, and the silver and the cloak and the bar of gold and his sons and daughters and his oxen and donkeys and sheep and his tent and all that he had. And they brought them up to the valley of Achor. And Joshua said, why did you bring trouble on us? The Lord brings trouble on you today and all Israel. Stoned him with stones. They burned them with fire and stoned them with stones. This is awful. So you're listening so far. We see the awful judgment of God. And you're sitting here. And some of you, uh, the conviction of the Spirit is strong in your heart. And you're saying, okay, I see myself. I now see myself taking steps away from God, having been warned of my sin. I do. How do I quit cheating on God? How? Look at this. Verse 13. 
God says to Joshua, get up, consecrate the people and say, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, there are devoted things in your midst, O Israel. You cannot stand before your enemies until you take the devoted things from among you. Two words in this passage. One is consecrate, which means to set apart to God as holy. And the other word is until. So here's what I'm convinced of. If, if Achan, he had to hear this message, Joshua stands up and says, we're having a meeting tomorrow and somewhere among you, the reason we lost the tiny little city of Ai and we won at Jericho is because somebody in the camp has devoted things among you. Do you know what? At that point, because Achan's wife has to know you can't dig a massive hole in the middle of your tent unless the wife knows. The children have to know they are covering this up together. Certainly one of them at that point goes to mom, goes to dad and says, dad, this is us. This is us. Look what we've cost. Do you hear the weeping of the 36 wives? Do you hear the screams of the children as they discover that their daddies are dead after the war? Do you hear that? Look what we've caused. We've got to get rid of this. Isn't this a moment of grace? Isn't this a moment where God in His grace says, here is an opportunity. Quit your sin. Quit what you're doing. Walk away. Walk away. Walk away. Joshua makes the announcement, and there is dead silence. Nobody steps forward. The sun sets, and the sun rises. And the selection process begins, clan by clan, house by house, down, down, Achan. Achan, give praise to God. Oh, I buried it. I got it. I buried it. Covered it up. I stole all those words. I transgressed. I crossed the line. What what if the day before he had said, I'm done. What if somewhere in Aiken's family, somebody, listen, right? Let me pause to say here, if you're married, your wife is given to you for your sanctification. You need her to help you to be more holy. Your husband is given to you for your sanctification. You need him to help you to be more holy. That's your job. That's your job. Kids, your parents are given to you for your sanctification. They are in your life to consecrate you to God. When they speak, listen. God has put them there. You don't know this until you become one. But once you become a parent, there is never another night of total rest in your life. Because for the rest of your life, you are praying, Oh God, oh God, keep him, keep her. Oh God, direct. Oh God, 
bring into You listen? So, so they named the place Achor, means trouble. They heaped up a bunch of stones which were there to the day of the riding of Joshua. They heaped up a bunch of stones. It's no coincidence that Achor sounds a lot like what? Achan. Achan's name became synonymous with, synonymous with trouble. You and I are no different. Our names are synonymous with sin. Isaiah 53, verse 6. All we, all. Class, what does all mean? Say it a little bit louder. What does it mean? All we, like sin, uh, all we, like sheep, have gone astray. All of us. All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone, just in case you don't get the all, everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us who, church? Wow. All are sinners and all who trust Christ. So today I was going to give you a bouncy ball to remind you of actions and consequences. And I'm going to give you, our ushers are coming now, a tiny little cross. I'm going to tell you why. This guy in our church hands these out to folks and he provided them for everyone today. Because what I want you to do for the next few days when you slip this in your pocket, to be reminded that our names are synonymous with sinner. All of us are sinners and fall short of God's glory. But the story didn't end here, did it? Oh, they came together and Achan felt the wrath of God. But it would be a few thousand years later that Jesus Christ would feel the awful wrath of God. And all of your sin that you've ever, you guys can go ahead and just start passing these. All of your sin that you would ever commit would come down on Christ, on the cross. And if you're here this morning and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, oh, just come as our praise team comes. Would you come and would you receive him this morning as folks did in the early service and say, today, I'm trusting Jesus as mine. And and, and all my sins I'm putting on him, they're all his. If you have trusted Christ as your Savior, but you are wandering away and the truth is being preached and you're stepping away from God this morning, like folks did in the early service, step out and step toward him. Whatever it may be, God has graciously warned you. He has graciously, graciously warned you. I've been so warned through this whole series as I struggle like you do with sin. But some of you this morning are deep in. 
And this is God saying, get out. Get out. Get up. Consecrate yourself. Remove whatever it is. Let's stand. Let's worship. Uh, We'll be here uh, to talk with you. Alan Michael, I'm looking for. Uh, I don't see him. So I'll be up here. And we've got other folks who can help you if uh, you need that kind of help to, to talk to somebody.